Hey guys, what's up? It's Lizzie Jane and you're tuning in to another episode of the EXO podcast. I hope your week has been going quite wonderful. I had the pleasure of sitting down with really a newer face to the electronic dance music scene, but not a new face to music at all. He goes by the name of DJ Afterthought or just Afterthought. He really broke into the music industry as an acting DJ for names such as Mac Miller, uh, Part of Taylor Gang, Wiz Khalifa, The Young Thug. He comes from Pittsburgh and he really just broke into the electronic dance music scene recently as the first time I came across his name was the single that he released with Wiz Khalifa and Blunts and Blondes on Deadbeats. Since then, he's gone on to release um, on labels such as Wakan. He has a song dropping soon on Dimmock. It's going to be a really exciting journey to watch him grow in this new genre. I had a pleasure of speaking with him um, on accounts of him being an artist, tour manager, manager himself. He just has so much knowledge and information to share from his experiences um, all around working in the music industry. All of my Patreons receive the podcast the day before it goes live anywhere else, ad-free, exclusive content, bloopers, Q&As with our guests. So make sure to head over to my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jean or in the description of this episode and check it out. If you're liking what I'm doing with the podcast, please feel free to follow me on Spotify, subscribe and like the videos on YouTube. It would mean the world. Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning into the EXO Podcast. Um, but yeah, Hi. thank you. I know we've like kind of had like e-meets and, and we're in the kind of same production groups, but it's nice to finally have the chance to sit down and talk with you. Michael is, Michael Blunts is one of my good friends and when he met you, he was just like, you got to link with him. You got to talk to him. So I'm glad we could could make this happen. That's fire. Yeah, Mike's the homie. I uh, I just saw him. I just played a show with him this weekend. And uh, I'll see him this weekend at Easy, too. So I'll oh, that's it. awesome. Where did you guys play this past weekend? Uh, we played at Penn State. Um, oh, sweet. So more of like a college crowd. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> super rowdy, super fun. Just ridiculous. Uh, awesome environment. I definitely like those shows a lot. So yeah, I feel like that that kind of environment is perfect for like Michael's music and like your music as well. Because I'm gonna have you do just like a brief introduction on like who you are as like Ryan and DJ Afterthought. But you just have this amazing backstory that I can't wait to talk about. That's where I find your like roots are is like where that energy is, especially when you go amongst like the college crowds, like the frats and the sororities and all that shit. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's it's a different type of energy. I, I remember. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, like we all went through that. Did you go to Did you go to school or did you go straight yeah. into music? Okay. So yeah, I went to I went to um, to school in North Carolina for two years, and then I went to audio engineering school in Arizona. But I went to ASU too, so that's where I graduated from. So it was uh, <laughs> ASU is pretty wild. They're they're known for being pretty crazy. My whole entire graduating class went to like Florida state. So I would visit them here and there. And like, that was fucking wild. But I kind of did the same thing as you, where I went to school in DC for like two years. And then 
I came down to full sale and then I got my degree in audio engineering. So very, very similar, but I was still around like UCF, which is a pretty big party school. So you would still get like those, those like big pops of like concerts that would come in. That's just like that wild college energy. Um, yeah, it's Florida school experiences. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Florida, Florida state is like known to be just like one of those schools with like barstool sports and like all of that shit just kind of coming in. And like the party never ends. I would visit them and I would just be like, I don't know how the fuck you do it because I would be like dead on the side of the road in a ditch. And like, that would be about it. Um, but Ryan, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, for those listening, this is DJ Afterthought. He's kind of broken his way into the electronic dance music scene recently. But beforehand, like you've worked with Taylor Gang, you've acted as a DJ for like Mac Miller and like so many um, just phenomenal hip hop artists, rap artists. So if you don't mind for our listeners, if you could just give us like a brief introduction, I would greatly appreciate it. Definitely. Well, first off, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Doing stuff like this and just like watching your other and listening to other stuff. It's it's just cool. So thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of came up. Um, I started, like I said, I went to audio engineering school and just kind of started um, with music, just kind of like rapping with my friends and just like kind of doing little stuff. And then I got interested in, in, in like recording. So I kind of wanted to take that a little bit further um learn live sound learn um more like the recording side um ventured out to Arizona ended up doing that made my way back to the east coast and ended up in Pittsburgh where I started well I started at WVU for a little bit DJ and then made my way to Pittsburgh and just started kind of finding myself in positions to be able to DJ for like a bunch of really really dope artists that I looked up to and you know just kind of admired anyway and I just, you know, kept progressing that, um, was able to manage a couple artists and kind of play that role and just got to see a lot of different things in the music industry. So I just kind of kept pushing. And now at this point, I'm kind of, I don't know if, I don't know how to really put it, but I'm kind of getting to do the things that I wanted to do the whole time instead of like kind of, yeah. just, you know what I mean? So it, it's been fun. So yeah, that's, it's kind of my, uh, quick little (laughs) I love it no you've definitely been around the wheel a few times and I feel like that's all just part of like the journey is sometimes you have to do things that weren't you know necessarily planned or like part of the vision like long-term goals to get there but it's like all learning experience and I think what's super unique about where you stand is like I'm super in obviously like the electronic dance community but you have this like full other background. So when you went to um, audio engineering school, were you more like there for production or like mixing mastering, or did you kind of cover all of those topics and then kind of attack what you did when you came out of school? Um, I, when I went into school, I didn't really necessarily know exactly what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to, um, I, I wanted to, to at least uh, dive into a couple different things just to try to figure out kind of what I, what I wanted to go down. I definitely wanted to learn um, more about recording. So that was definitely kind of like on the, you know, the, the, the high point for me was just to be able to help out even in the littlest way I'd go to like studio sessions. And at that point, at that time, the studios weren't 
that great that you could just pull up to in, in a city and whatnot. So you kind of definitely had to know what you were doing. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a quick, easy, like hop on pro tools and, and templates are set and all this stuff. And like the outboard gear was way different. Like it was just still like right before all the digital stuff. So yeah. um, I just wanted to be useful. And like, I, I, I kind of um, gravitated towards that. And then when I got there, I kind of started getting into more like mixing and then live sound, like live sound was where it was at for me. Like I just, I loved being in that environment, you know, a live, a live show, just even if it wasn't mine, just to be there and the energy. Um, so that's kind of what I gravi- like gravitated towards. Um, but I just picked up a bunch of stuff. And then when I came out of school, it was really easy to like get jobs to record people. So I just kind of sharpened my skills with that and just would hop in studios, had my own little studio um, and just do would do that with college kids. And um you know, to this day, I still love recording. I'm not so much like, I don't know. I send my stuff out to get mixed. I have all these great, ridiculously talented people around me that can mix. So <laughs> I tend no, to, I tend to even send totally my stuff out with mixing, um, yeah. <laughs> but I'll record all day. Um, you know, I, I love, I love troubleshooting, um, for like live sound and production and stuff. Um, I, I've had to do stuff. Like I went on this one tour where I, we had to cut costs basically. And I had to run the lighting and like DJ basically. Yeah. So we went to Nashville for one day of rehearsal and the lighting company came and they brought all this lighting stuff. It was like a bunch of movers and strobes and stuff. And they're like, okay, like, let's, let's go and label all the lights. So I'm like labeling DMX like things. And I'm like, oh right, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I have no idea. So they were like, well, Nate, you know, number one, two, three, four, and then we'll take pictures and put the numbers and blah, blah, blah. So I'm doing that. And they're like, you ready for the next part? And I'm like, the next part, we had a MIDI map. We had a MIDI map, um, like time code for each song into an Ableton session onto a push. And then I had the label on the push. Oh, fuck no. What song it was for the cue. And then there was another computer next to me that had a grand MA that like ran the lights that would run from the time code. So I had to literally press like play on that, on that like scene and the, the, you know, the Ableton like push MIDI shit at the same time. And then I had like a Serato set up also so I could scratch and do all this shit. It was fucking terrible. Oh so my God. I had to do all of this dumb shit while I'm like only supposed to do one job. So I'm just kind of like, I've accepted it at this point. So I'm just happy to uh, be able to have like learned, um, you know, kind of everything on the go. And I've learned way more mm-hmm. doing that than school ever taught me. So it's like, I'm, oh, just, I'm, yeah. I'm always just interested in a, in a bunch of shit all at the same time. That's fucking, no, that's so sick. And I feel like a lot of people who decide to go and like study audio, audio engineering or mix and mastering or production, it's like that kind of lays like this foundation and you cover this like broad spectrum of like so many little specifics. But from like my personal experience, it was kind of just like, this is a way for you to get your feet on the ground and like know some people, network with yeah. some people. And then yeah. once you're out, it's kind of like, here, I'm going to throw everything at you. But what I think is really cool, and I think especially because of like just going through everything that we did with COVID is like, you got to learn that you have to have like multiple hats if you're going to like survive, oh, you know? Oh. 
Of course. And I, I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't have half my music if I had to rely on other people too. You know what I mean? So like, that's, that's another, I do a lot of vocal work and I do like a lot of shit and I wish I could like flip my thing around because I'm in my studio, but I literally, I have a, a monitor in my booth and yeah. I'll literally just, I'll, I'll just take my mouse and my, and my key, keyboard and I'll go in there and I'll literally just have it running off of my, my Mac. So I look up at the screen and it's Pro Tools and I can just go around. And I just record myself. Right. So like, See, that's to... so sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm, yeah, so, I'm kind of still like, in the... and, and just like having the mic right here no that's that's like super super efficient and that is definitely like the long-term goal on my end where it's like now like right now i'm like in the bedroom i have my vocal booth like in the closet and we're like running around everywhere and it's like so good to have help but it's like we live in this age too where like i studied live sound in school very briefly for like probably like a semester or two. And it's so crazy to see the progression of like working with these huge like mixing boards with like 127 faders, all of this like rooting in and out to now it can be compressed and condensed on like an iPad. And they just walk around and they're just like pinpointing the sound and pinpointing all of the different elements that they hear issues in. And like the, it's like, there's something so special about analog gear, especially like analog outboard gear. That's why like when I get my stuff mixed and mastered, yeah, yeah. When I get my stuff mixed and mastered, I send it to, um, you know, an, an engineer that runs a lot of like my sub and stuff through outboard gear because there's something so special about it. But like this new like digital wave that's been around for a while now has allowed just like so many more creatives to be able to like produce and and create just like whatever they want. And that's why I feel like, record deals and all that shit has just gone out the window because it's so easy to have like indie labels and indie releases and all of that stuff moving forward. Um, I would love to know your kind of, I don't know if you've ever been put in this position, but since you kind of predominantly started in like hip hop and rap, have you kind of seen the difference in like label deals versus like electronic music and like hip hop music? Like I would love to know like your perspective on that. Yes, 1000%. And I, I try to not to be, I try to be very unbiased and look at all sides of things. I've just learned to do that. So I used to mm-hmm. kind of like jump, ah, whatever. Um, yeah. But I've tried to kind of understand it more. And there's definitely a huge, huge difference. And the main thing being that on the hip hop side, the deals are structured as label deals. They're not structured as singles are not structured as you know one-time things they're 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 mainly all just label runs so we you know we're going to sign you for this amount of projects for this amount of um singles for this you know it's usually just albums so like you have we we have you for this amount of projects on the electronic side i've just seen mainly because i'm not signed i've done all of my you know all of my signed stuff is just singles right yeah and it's cool because you don't have to, you, you can, you can just kind of like meander about and it's amazing. It, yeah. It's like, whatever it fits, it fits. You don't have to be stuck in this thing because so on the hip hop side, like I see a lot of the time um, with some of the bigger artists, it's like, they are, they have to commit to a certain amount of projects. Right. But they can make 15 projects, but if the labels don't accept it, then it doesn't count as one. You know what I mean? So they've they've spent years and years and years and years doing all these projects and they keep getting rejected or they only take this or they only take that and they're still in these deals. 
And it's just a wild thing to watch. It's starting to change because there's people are starting to see, hey, I can still do this independently or I could have leverage and then go, blah, blah, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, but they can be stuck in it and they don't own masters. They won't be able to really make too much revenue off of their streaming stuff, right? And it's it's primarily shows. On the electronic side, it's kind of it's kind of the same somewhat because the labels do take a, a good chunk of, of some of those singles on like oh, the yeah. pub side and stuff like that. But I feel like on this side of things in the electronic world, it's just not a big as big of a market, even though the, the festivals and stuff are way bigger. It's just not as big of a streaming market and revenue building market on that end. Right. So like you're not getting crazy stuff. We're not getting crazy stuff played on the radio all the time. And you're not hearing bass music on Kiss and stuff like that. You know, so it's like it, you're kind of fighting against that, even though it's growing you're still not doing it. And then shows. I used to think that people be on these crazy big shows, like always on Lost Lands, you got paid. And now I'm Boy, like, here's the rude awakening. Throw, throw the, like, throw the like, paint at the wall and don't break it. Uh, I'm like, do you want the money or do you want the crowd? Basically, you know, like, you're like, fuck, uh, this is crazy. So um, on the hip hop side, you know, you can kind of adjust your revenue if you have a, a shittier deal and you can kind of like make make it up in shows and make it up on that side in the electronic world i think you're making more money on the you know making more more revenue that you would make on the streaming side and whatnot and being able to do stuff and the other cool thing is being independent with like electronic stuff is you could have like a dim mat release and then uh you know a dead beats release and then you can have like a self-release in the middle and the momentum from everything else. You know what I mean? You can, you can, you could do it. Um, and on the hip hop side, it's like, if you're signed to that deal, you can't do that. Right. You're like, you have to drop with that. So oh, yeah. it's, it's definitely, it's definitely different, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if the comfort of having a label deal is better and just like being like, Hey, at least I know that, you know, I, I have the marketing so if I do want to release something and I can get them to release it, at least I have the right rollout and I have this and that. Um, on the electronic side, you have to search for that. You have to pitch. You have to you have to make sure that you're you're kind of uh, doing that, or you just sign and you 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 have your own little your own little deal going. Um, but I like the intricacies and the and the freedom of like the the electronic side comparable to like the pop and hip hop side for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's just kind of like a Venn diagram where it's like two different ball games, but there are things that overlap in the middle. But on a whole, I just know that like from a financial standpoint, you know, those industries are a lot more lucrative and financially stability and and, and supportive than that. And that's why I like I love it in, in this industry, because exactly what you kind of stated I can spread myself like like there are artists that do exclusive deals, but they're very small percentage, like like the very small percentage of people do exclusive deals. And I like look at the other side where it's like I look from a distance at people like Taylor Swift, where she's re-releasing 150 songs. She's re-releasing 175 songs because she doesn't know a single fucking master. And yep. and then even like Caroline Whip Cream, she just got out of a horrible label deal as well. So it happens on both sides. It's just weighing the evens and weighing the odds. And that's why it's just so important. Like one of my managers is an entertainment lawyer. And I just like, I know when to be like, I don't fucking know here. Because, <laughs> yep. because there are just so many people that like, we're creatives and, and 
I've been educated on like the business side of it, but like, that's not where my strong suit is. That's not where my strong suit suit should be. However, you know, it's good to be educated, but it's also good to know that this is a business. And I think a lot of people, I'm not sure how it is in hip hop and rap. And I would, I would love to know, like from your perspective viewpoint, but here, a lot of people are just like, it's so incredibly awesome to be able to do your passion as a living because so few people are able to actually sustain themselves on that financially. But they lose like the cornerstone of this is a business, of this is something that like long-term, you could be really fucked if you sign the wrong piece of paper. And like people just sign away their masters or they sign these deals where they're getting like 20% of the song and then the song pops off and you get nothing. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't, is it, is it kind of like that in hip hop or is it just oh, way yeah. more, it's, you it's, know, it's, it's definitely worse. I mean, it's because, because the way that those deals are structured, they're like 360 deals most of the time. And it's, it's just structured that way traditionally. Right. So like they follow more of a traditional game plan, even though, like I said, that's definitely changing. People are, are, are understanding this more. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to be doing things on all different sides. Like, you know, I I managed some bigger artists. I worked with tons of labels. I had to do, you know, I had to work as an agent. Sometimes I had to work with agents. I had to do, you know, every and anything. I still tour manage for like Mick Jenkins and Earth Gang and all these other guys and like still have to do that side and, and, and know all the business side. So I've been lucky about that, but I also have managers, you know what I mean? And I also have, and I also have an entertainment lawyer. So it's like, you know, you, you kind of have to concede uh, when you're being the creative to, to, to what that is. But, uh, you know, on the hip hop side, it's definitely this kind of the same um, where it's a lot of, you know, in education and, and not knowing and, and just kind of doing it. But a lot of these guys are just spending tons of their own money for something that may not ever happen. Right. And it's like, not trying to be morbid on that fact but it's like you know it's a very small percentage of people that are going to actually make it or make a living at it even so um, I think a lot of people have a lot of bitterness in it too so they'll just kind of do anything at at a certain point and so if something does bob up then yeah they're just in a really shitty position Um, I think a lot more people fail before they even get to that point anyway Oh my God. You hit like (laughs) negative a hundred before you come back to zero before you climb to 10. Um, no, absolutely. And, and I think a lot of people have to hit that down point, but that's also why it's so important. I was doing a podcast with Kevin Plum yesterday. It's so important to have like that alternative source of financial stability. If you can in another kind of pocket of audio or the arts or entertainment, because there comes this bitterness, exactly what you just said, when you've been doing it for so long and you've been going in the hole for so long and nothing's happened. And it's like, and sometimes, sometimes it's like, I feel like there's a difference between like trusting the process and being patient and doing something that isn't working. And you have to look that in the eyes and say, okay, there's a reason why I've been doing this for a decade and it has not worked. And you have to go in and deconstruct. And because now it's like, There's just so many pieces of the pie. And as much as I want to say, like, music is the forefront of it, it is and it should be your number one reason why you're sitting down. But it's like, that's just not the reality of the industry that we're in right now. And I'm predominantly talking about, you know, electronic music, but I know it's like that in every industry, in every genre. There's just, you know not only the branding it's the look it's the team it's it's the music it's it's the persistency and and the touring 
And there's just so many aspects to it. And I have, I have so many students on my Patreon that, you know, they get frustrated or, or I talk to other colleagues and they're like, you know, why the fuck isn't this working? And it's just, it's like, you got to look at the big picture and the big picture is that you have to pay attention to all these things or it's not going to work. And you're not going to get the team that can take you where you want to go. And it's like hard reality. That's, that's, I mean, I, I literally, if we call my manager, like anybody on my team right now, every day, like I bitch about it every day. I'm like, why isn't this working? What the fuck? Um, so I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm at that point every day, no matter what success comes. I, I think that if you're a creative, especially you're always going to have that, right. You're always oh, going to yeah. have that, like, what the fuck? Um, I, you know, I, I, I should be doing better. Why am I not doing this type of thing? And, uh, I think that's healthy to a point because you need that drive, right. You need mm-hmm. to, you need to always question and, and figure out how to get bigger and better. Um, but at the same time, you do have to understand that, yeah, it is a business. Like the music should be the forefront and you're not going to get anywhere with that. Like if the music's, if it's just like anything else, like if you're a milk company and your milk tastes like shit, like you're not going to sell milk, right? Like it doesn't matter. You can put put like whatever the fuck you want on the package. I mean, shit, you can, you can give away a million dollars. Like your shit still tastes like shit. You know what I mean? So I think that that's definitely obviously the most important thing, but beyond that, it's just such a, it, it, it sucks. And, and I think that a lot of people think that other people that are, you know, further than them or successful don't have to do these things. And it's not true. Like it, it, you don't have to think it's not cool to, cause you have to go work another job or you have to do something else in audio, or you have to just kind of figure out ways to maneuver. Like that's the hustle. That's the game. That's like the industry is figuring out ways to, to, to make more and to open up more opportunities, no matter what it is. And I think that for a long time, people thought that that wasn't cool. Like you had to be the artist, like you had to just be this, this dope artist that's naive to everything else. And you're just like, you're just this icon and you just make music. And it's like, nah, I, I see a lot of these bigger artists and I get to, I get to be around them. And it's like, yeah, on social media and shit, it's definitely like that. And, and some of them are like that, but a lot of the time it's like, nah, they're talking business, trying to figure out, Hey, I'm going to make this play. I'm going to make that play. And a lot of that comes from a good team because they built the leverage and had, you know, the experience to, to, to know what they're looking for and what they need. Right. So yeah. Yeah, I think a lot goes into it. It's just, but at the end of the day, yeah, good music and it's a business. <laughs> it's literally it. a business. It's like, and it's like some people don't get it too, where it's it's long term, especially in like EDM. Like you're the product. Like you are right. something on a shelf that your agents have to see you as being sellable, and your team has to believe, your management has to believe in you to the standpoint where they're willing to fight for you and it's like you have to want it more than anything but your team has to want it just as much and it's like we've been making some like difficult decisions with like my team lately and it's like propelling forward taking deals x y and z and it's like I'm just sitting here like I want to be a nice person but like sometimes you can't be nice yeah I mean that's 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 my my issue too though because because don't get me wrong like I, I know it I know all the business stuff and I have a great team around me but I even like I I'm very passionate about stuff too. And there's definitely the other side of the coin where like, I try to be a good person and try to like carry that no matter what business or industry I'm in, I'm still like a human being and I still want to be a good person. So Mm -hmm. I definitely kind of like, I am still human in that aspect where I want to make sure that 
you know, I'm doing the things that I want to do and I'm helping the people that I want to help. And, 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 you know, cause there's definitely a lot of douchebags that, <laughs> that are around as well. So oh, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely not afraid to kind of confront that either. Um, and, and, and make it personal because sometimes business and personal does overlap and people don't like to admit that. But if you, you know, if you're going to be a piece of shit to me in business, that means you'll be a piece of shit to me personally. And oh I'm, yeah, you know what I mean? So like, no, literally like, that's why it's like keeping your like circle small is just like so important because I can't imagine the people that you've dealt with before. Cause I think of the, some of the people that I've dealt with and it's just like, I've just reached a point where it's like, if you've given me like a reason not to fuck with you, like I will always be respectful of you, but like, yep. I will not fuck with you. Like exactly. I will, I like see ya. Like I'm that's not running like, around being like, fuck that guy. Yeah, um, no. I'll I'll, I'd rather, I, I'm like, I'm very. Silence. I'm very, silence. But silence or I'll just walk up to you when I see you and be like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's about, that's about as. Oh my God. Like I'm not even gonna, I'm not running around talking about people or, or getting into that shit. I have too much, like, there's too much to do. You know what I mean? Yes, keep the positivity yeah. going and, and keep the douchebags out. Right. But. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, it's like where you put your energy. Cause it's like, this is just so exhausting. Like keeping track of like yourself and making sure yourself is like progressing. And, like, and then little better. things slip through and, and, and you might have just a bad day or like a little yeah. minute. And then like all of a sudden you're, you're the asshole. And it's like, I try to avoid that stuff as much as possible. And it makes me kind of uh, more introverted sometimes. Cause I'm just like, mm -hmm. yo, I have too much stress and anxiety for the shit that I'm doing God. already that like, I don't even think about other stuff that may be important to other people that like, not that I'm trying to shit on anybody. It's like, I, I, you know, my bad, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be in any type of confrontation or have any type of bad blood for anything. And sometimes yeah. it's presented that way, even though you're not, you have no idea. Like, Hey, you know, you have no idea. And it's like sometimes too, like the harsh reality is that like you have to put yourself first sometimes, which is really hard for like a kind person. And like I've had conversations with other people that I believe are like genuinely like good fucking people and they're artists or they're agents. And it's like sometimes they're just like you have to just like take a step back. And especially after like quarantine, I'm just over here like, let me teach my lessons. Let me make my music. I really don't want to leave my house unless I'm stepping on a stage. <laughs> like that, that's like, that's <laughs> about it. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a whole whirlwind. And it's like, that's why I started this podcast is because I just like want people to be able to hear and like transparently hear about the other side. And like the, the there's so many amazing parts of things that like people don't see from like an outer perspective, but there's also these like realities. And it's like, there's so many people who want to do this and it's just going to keep growing and it's just going to keep growing. And, and yep. there are these like things that you have to be self-aware about and be, you know, ready to tackle when they come along, because no matter where you're at in your journey, like those obstacles will present themselves and you're going to have to like deal with some shit. Um, but what I wanted to ask you is like, how did you, cause you said you, before you kind of got into what you're doing now, which is like what your passion is, like you're, you're in the EDM, you're doing like, you predominantly produce like, like trap, right? Like trap bass. Um, yeah. Like trap bass, future bass, um, some dubstep. Like I, I just, I don't like being, I don't like the whole genre. The box box. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I've, I've spent so much time kind of in a box for other people willingly. Like I, and mm -hmm. I've had great opportunities doing it, but um, yeah, I just kind of just make that whole little area. I the guess. niche. No, it's yeah. great because it's like 
we're in a time now where like people are still fighting against it. Don't get me wrong because there's like so many subgenres. It's like yeah. rhythm, dubstep, feature. I know. I just want to be like, can we just can we just make them like just three? Maybe? Two step rhythm, <laughs> grime, something, something, and that all falls under bass music. You're not even getting to trap yet, but but I think more people are starting to be like, hey. I'm not going to be in this box. I'm going to sing on this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a credit on this. And and that's what is going to help my fan base be like, okay, you kind of yeah. need to understand that I'm going to do different things. And, and, you know, you're always going to bring new people on board when you do shit like that. But before you were doing this now and like this new chapter, how did you get involved to the level at which you existed with like, Taylor gang and like all of those guys like I want to hear that story um just kind of really randomly and just kind of being in the right place at the right time and 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 just working hard like I when I came to Pittsburgh I didn't even do music for a couple years I just worked I worked a job at a medical company and I coached hockey like I just I was chilling and it just kind of was just in me like there was no way I was gonna give up all the shit that I had just like went to school for oh yeah um, so I just kind of like started, you know, trying to put my feelers out and work in Pittsburgh, which was the, you know, the city that was there, Mac and Wiz, it just kind of popped off. They had kind of just had left. Um, and so there was kind of like a little bit of a lull in the scene in Pittsburgh, as far as hip hop was concerned. And like the shadow lounge was still around and like, there was still some stuff that was happening, but it was few and far between because this big thing happened, you know, when, when that big eruption happened for Mac and Wiz, I feel like the city kind of, uh, a, a lot of people started doing stuff and it was like, oh yeah, like oh, it gave a confidence to everyone, right? So mm-hmm. all these artists started doing stuff. And I think we just didn't have the capacity venue wise um, to withstand and sustain that. So the venues are kind of getting burnt out. The crowds are kind of getting burnt out from all that type of stuff. Um, so I was trying to kind of get in when it was, you know, in this weird low. Um, so I had to kind of start outside the city and. Uh, throw little shows like in different random spots in the suburbs of Pittsburgh um, just to kind of start doing it, you know? And um, I got a couple opportunities with that and then started to kind of make my way into the city, uh, you know, being asked to do different things like that. Um, And then I got involved with Daily Bread, who was, which was a clothing company um, that Mac was, was a big part of. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of what started me. I, that kind of flowed into me meeting like Big Germ um, and Mac and all those guys and getting into ID Labs. Um, and then that just naturally flowed into me being around the Taylor Gang guys and um, just all the rest of the awesome Pittsburgh people that were around. And little by little, um, it just kind of you know presented itself for me to be able to do different things with each entity there along with a ton of other stuff. You know, I was able to, to DJ for like Young Thug and like 21 Sad. Like all these random ass people just randomly all the time. You know what I mean? And then I worked with Wiff for a long time, for a couple of years. Um, and that, you know, everybody, you know, kind of was like, oh, now he's doing stuff that and it doesn't have anything to do with us, but we're still, you know, and we, but we still all work together. Um, fast forward now, um, Q, who was part of Most Dope, who was Mac's best friend, um is one of my best friends we um tour manage production manage uh for earth gang together okay, um, cool. deacon barry who uh runs since the 80s who do like earth gang jid and metro mars like all these guys um work with dreamville and blah blah blah, blah. they 
you know, they're from Pittsburgh as well. And they, you know, kind of are our bosses at this point for Earth Gang and the stuff that we do with them. Um, and then Will, who manages Wiz and is the president of Taylor Gang, is my, one of my managers. So just all kind of like, you know. Such a small circle. Through, it's such a small myself. circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really, like, oh, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> it really honestly is. So like, it's just been, it's just been cool. I just kind of, I don't know. I just been working really hard. So I, I, I just always put myself in, in positions to try to at least, you know, if not, if not win, just not lose. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And like, that's crazy. That's, that's, it's, it's so cool to hear how like, you just never know like what's going to happen. And I've been in those positions too, where it's like, you are kind of have one thing in your mind, but it's like not having a closed off mind too. And like, cause you, cause when you like approach something, you're like, this is what I want to achieve. And this is what I want to come out of this. But sometimes you get thrown these other things that you didn't really think were going to come out of a certain situation or a certain, certain meeting. And like, you have to be like down to run with them and be like, okay, like this is it. Because then they can like open so many other doors. And like, when you, um, so like when you were like DJing for, you know, whoever it may be like young thug or Wiz Khalifa, how does that process, I guess, differ from like EDM? Like, do they give you like instrumentals? Do they give you, are you scratching? Like, what does that look like? Um, it just depends on the circumstance. Um, like I would try, like, it would be a lot of random stuff. Like I mentioned, like the Young Thug 21 Savage stuff, like they would just come to town and, and, be doing a show and I would be playing it and they, you know, asked me to do it. And then, a, you know, a couple of those artists would ask me when I'd be in t- or they'd be around here if they didn't have a DJ and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it all really just depended um, what was going on or who the artist was. There's, you know, there's artists that just give you a little folder and say, and their manager will be like, here's the order. <laughs> you just gotta do it. And yeah, do buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's other artists that do full on rehearsals and have bands and have no lyrics and have cue points and set points and things like that. Um, so it really all just depends. I mean, a lot of it's kind of, you know, a lot of it's on the fly for me. This is the nature of where I fit into all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've, I've been on, t- on tours with Mac and I've been on, you know, different tours with bigger artists as well. And that type of setting, it's kind of like you figure it out uh, beforehand and, you know, yeah. rehearse it. And then like three or four shows in, you're like, all right, cool. Now this, this is what we're doing. Cause you do a bunch of shit that you rehearse. And just, you're like, fuck this, this does not work. You know? yeah, so, you know, yeah. Just like, just like rinsing tracks. You're like, Oh shit, I'm never fucking playing this. <laughs> never, never putting that in my shit again. So would you be able to like play your own shit in between them? Or like how does that how- Yeah, like it just depended, like same thing, it just depends. Um, I was always known as a DJ that would get super hype and be super vocal. So they okay. kind of knew what they were getting for the most part. Um, so I would go out usually and like talk some shit and play some tracks, but um, like the Mac tour, for example, um, or Mac tours, like a lot of the Mac shows that I played in general, tour or not, um, they would always throw me out first. So it'd always be like an hour of this ridiculous venue being filled. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, that's fucking crazy. Doors open you know, an hour of just people filtering in little by little. And then finally an hour later, now they're just sitting there like ready. Right. So I can just like go out there and just be like, fuck you. And they'd be like, yeah, you can just, <laughs> I can just be like, whatever, you know? 
And so then I would have, I had like a little intro track and I would play, I'd have them turn the lights off and I'd play a little intro track and then I would just play for like 15, 20 minutes and then it would go into the show. So um, it just kind of, same thing, it just kind of depended. Like a, a lot of like on the, on the fly shows, yeah, I would play before and after. Cause it's just like, all right, yeah, I don't know, like let's turn up. Yeah, you have like your own set. Like it's like you have your own like set. Like you would play now, like you played in Pittsburgh, where you yeah, got that hour block. There's not. I'm not there setting like sometimes. Okay. Yeah, but like for like mixed things. But I'm not there setting cue points and setting up sets for like I'm just going out there and I'm going like I'm just I'm tri- I'm figuring it out as I'm watching what the crowd's fucking with because it's so it's just so different of a thing mm-hmm. that I'm not I'm, I'm mixing on the fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you're really and, like reading your crowd. Right. And I might have some things that I know I'm going to play, but you know, in between that, who, who knows with, with electronic, it's like, fuck, I, I committed to this set. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, I, I, yeah. I need to, I, I could maybe change it a little here and there, but for the most part, I didn't do all this. I didn't do six hours of like pre-work, 10 hours of pre-work to just to like, to just change it. Fuck yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. It's a totally different ball game, but like, I'm sure coming to like, you have to have like uh, probably like an appreciative factor for each kind of different entity of, of oh, DJing yeah. because it's really cool. Like from our end where, you know, you sit in your studio, you sit in your room, you put together your set, you make the crazy edits, you put together like the new whips, the IDs, the playable shit. And then, but it, it would also be really dope to be able to just go out there and be like, I'm going to just like run it. But yeah. if I did that with an EDM set, I would literally end up like deer in the headlights looking at that person and be like, I didn't know. At first, I didn't know. <laughs> like, that was one of the transitions. I was like playing like electronic sets. And I, I, I played a set with Buku on uh, New Year's Eve in oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, and those are the whooks. Those it are was, the whooks. Oh, and it was in yeah. Pittsburgh and it was sold out. It was like nine, eight or 900 people. And like it's New Year's and we're good friends. So like, I, they they threw me on the show and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. I just started getting into it like maybe three years ago. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And I went out there and I totally winged it. And I just had like, oh. <laughs> it was like the second time I'd ever played off a of USB on, on CDJs. Oh, it was yeah. just like, I was okay. just like, yeah, let's go. Like, fuck it. And it was, it was pretty cool. Like I, I just, I, cause I, you know, I've been DJing for a, a long time and in an electronic, I feel like a lot of people are producers and then they become DJs. Right. And it was the opposite for me. Like I was a DJ and now, so even like, even Mike said it the other day at Penn State, he's like, you, he's like, you mix like a, you, you always mix like a hip hop DJ. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, I got to give you some pointers on that. And I'm like, man, I'm having fun. Oh. They're having fun. I want to mix how. <laughs> so. Oh no, that's so sick to have your own style because it's like, we honestly like all mix the same. Like the kids that I teach and like even my set points, like I have my headphones on there. Do I use them? Like, no. Like, I yeah. could literally just go A, B, A, B, A, B <laughs> yep, yep. for fucking I mean, hours straight. And yeah, and like, that's what, that's what, I mean, I, I, I do too, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like, I, I set my cue points as if that I'm, that I'm mixing, you know what I mean? So, like, it's, 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 I'll overlap a lot of stuff and then I'll just do a lot with the effects and shit on, like, like, literally, uh, I was here, like, practicing a set for, I forget what I was doing. Forget. Oh, I was going to Austin and okay. uh, like Rob Buku brought his CDJs and I like set them up literally on this table over here. Oh, and I'm, no. like, doing, I'm like doing stuff and like 
I have, you know, he, like, I think it's a 900 mixer and I'm like over there and I'm using all the effects on the mixer and shit. And he's like, and he's like, me. what the fuck? And, like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, I like this. That thing. And he was like, bro, I have literally never even fucking touched <laughs> any of that stuff before. I literally, I have a pair of CDJs right here too. And it's, it's a DJM 900 mixer. And I literally, for the longest time, I'll just sit here and I'll be like doing some work or whatever. And I'll be like, you just need to like go and play on those and like figure out what those things do because yep. we just don't think about it. Like I, I use the filters and like the delay knob. I'll use like the reverb and the pitch bend, but there's so much you can do. There's like with slip it. rolls and like yeah, yeah. Shit. But then when you're on stage, you're like, do you go for it? Like sometimes I'll be comfortable and I'll be like do you do it tonight? Like, do you try it? And then, especially if I'm super baked, like if I'm doing something and I'm like playing drum bass or some shit, I like get, I'm at a point too, where I'm like building my live show where I like, I sing a shit ton um, during my sets. And like, now I'm starting to bring the bass, like keyboards and shit. Cause I'm like, I get bored DJing. So when I'm playing like drawn out sets, I'm like hitting my pen and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm so high. And then I'll be like, I'll be like, okay, this is the time. This is the time to try it out. And and then I'll like really fuck something up and I'll be like, not tonight, not tonight. I, um, I literally, I did that the other night in Penn State. I literally, so like my boy brings up, he's like hands me a joint and stuff. And I like hit the joint. Everybody goes crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh shit. And then I dropped one of my tracks in and I was, it was, it's a flip of um, Sugar We're Going Down. And okay. like, just like a, a crazy edit of that. So fucking, I was like, all right, you know, I like stop. And I was like, all right, if you guys know this shit, like I, this is the one, right? This so is the one. I, and I dropped it in and it, cause I have it, it's, it's a 75 BPM track, but I have yeah. it in at 150 cause I have it just like oh, later shit. on in the set, yep, right? Yep, yep. And I just, I was like, oh fuck. I forgot to like set it back to 75 so I dropped it in super, like super fast. And right before that, I was like, you know, they they me the joint. And I was like, hey, you know, if you smoke weed, make some noise. And everybody went crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I go back and I was, I had to flip it. I was like, see, that's what happens if you smoke weed. Literally. <laughs> okay. I don't know but how I went for Mike it because I was like, it. I usually, yeah, I was like, I usually don't do this, but I'm just going to throw this in here. You know, because I, I just, I felt it. I was like, I need to throw this in here. It's in my set, but it's not in my set. If you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course, I wasn't prepared for it and I fucked it up. But stuff like that makes it unique. And I think that a lot of a lot of producers and DJs take it really seriously. And I think if, if they, if people just feel that you're having a good time, they're having a good time. They don't give a fuck. Oh, the energy is contagious. And, and like... And, yeah, you have so much energy like thrown at you. And that's why like going from like a packed club to like an empty hotel room is the most interesting feeling in the whole world. Because like, I'll call my boyfriend after I'm done. And I'm like, I'm going to just like binge Netflix right now. I was like, this is is going to be like, this is going to be it. And he's like, are you fucked up? I'm like, no, like, but like the energy, like that you get from people is so insane. And especially if you're like, I've like trained myself where I, cause I'm now like branching out of kind of like my like Southeast region, going to new places. Some of them are like headlines for the first time I've ever been in the market. And I like mentally prepare myself like, Hey, like this is like a growing pain. Like you're going to play empty rooms. Like you're going to play rooms with 20 people who are there to see you. And like, thankfully it hasn't been that bad, but like I mentally prepare myself for that. So then when there's actually people there, I feel like I'm like in a kickboxing class and I'm like ready to fucking like go and throw the energy back and forth. And yeah, but it's like, it's 
it's something that like you have the ability to control the room if the room isn't with you and you just have to like fight through it. But yeah, dude, like I see how high Michael gets for shows and I'm just like, I would fall on my face. Like I can't do it. I mean, for I can't I'll do usually, it. I'll have a, I'll have a couple beers before just, you know, just, just to, cause that's just loosen up and just have yeah. fun. But I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. That's been rough for me because first of all, it's been like a weird transition because people don't, first of all, when I started doing EDM, like I was, you know, doing stuff and they just didn't really accept me because they're like oh here's this hip-hop dude and it was like kind of like oh get out of here you know what I yeah mean? Like, yeah <laughs> and I'm kind of just like all right that's cool like I'll, I'll take that whatever you know and, and, and I'll go and then it's like it's like getting shaded on shows and getting shaded on little things that like I helped other people do stuff and it's like all right like I kind of see where this is going right so I, I kind of like try not to take it personally and, and kind of go through it and now that I am doing it it's like okay now you have to deal with you're going to play empty rooms again. And it's like, I've been playing fucking huge, like huge thing oh on these tours, doing all this stuff in the hip hop realm. And it's like back. And it's like, all right, all right, motherfucker. Now like humble yourself back down and like, just go kill it and, and do what you got to do. So it's definitely been like weird. Um, but that would be so weird mentally. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. Mentally weird, but especially going to like, like Lollapalooza this year was cool as fuck because I got to go there and I, I like tour managed for Mick Jenkins and, okay. and Earth Gang. And so we did like two huge shows at Lollapalooza. And then in between it, I literally left stage from Mick Jenkins set, got on a golf cart and was driven to Riot 10 set to go out during his set for our, for our track. And I was just like, whoa, this is again, this is getting ridiculous because not only like, am I getting to see it, but it used to be, oh, I'll go to an Earth Gang show and it's like 5,000 people or some crazy festival. We do it and then I go home and then I'll play a show for like 200 people. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, ah, you know, but, um, you know, it, it's just been, it's been cool and it's it's been really humbling and and I just, you know, I, I want to keep growing and, and keep pushing those boundaries even though people told me not to, mm-hmm. um, to try to figure it out. So like live shows all that shit it's just it's to me it's just fun and it's just an experience so like if that experience has some flaws your life is going to have flaws anything you do is going to be an experience it's going to have flaws so like don't take it so personally and don't you know that that's my that's my outlook on it it's like fuck it like if i if i'm a fan and or or if i'm not even a fan and i see someone that has a flaw or they're human too and they fuck up because they're trying to do something different more power to them you know oh definitely and like that's how you like grow and like also like inspire people to be like okay like I can do this because there's so many people on like the more business end of like the industry that are just like no you can't do this like no it's not gonna work like this da 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 da. and it's like you can do it it's just gonna take longer it's just gonna be harder but like you can't not do it like and anything you want to do if you can find a way to do it like you're gonna make it happen my whole thing is like if you really want to make it happen regardless of what people are telling you like you will find a way to make it happen um and and yeah I I feel like everybody anywhere doing everything yeah, yeah, exactly. And and exactly what you said, kind of like about the experience just being humbling. That's probably what I imagine it to be because it's just this like mind fuck, but you're like, you kind of like <laughs> conquered like this one like subgenre and like now you're like going 
to this other genre that is so left field from what you were doing and like building again, but it's just going to give you this like pedestal to sit on to where like, you're going to be in a position where you're going to be able to like call shots and help people. And it's like, you've already, I always said, like, if I wasn't doing the artist thing, like I would love to be a manager because I love all the aspects of like being a manager, but like you've acted as a manager, you've acted as a talent agent. So like, how has that been to kind of put that hat on and like switch lanes and be like, okay, now I'm in charge of advancing. Now I'm in charge of getting all this shit together. Is it just like wild or did you kind of already have an understanding of the purpose that it served and you were like happy to do it? Like, how did you get thrown into that position? Um, I, first of all, I kind of had to always start like in music. I had to do stuff from the bottom, right? And I had to do things for myself. So, and just like, I'm sure everyone else that is successful kind of had to do, well, not everyone, but Not most. everyone, most people. Uh, <laughs> there's some people yeah. that definitely got popped yeah. in there, but anyway. Yeah, fuck up, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, like, fuck you, bro. Wait, um, wait, wait, before you go into it, I have a question. Do you see people who are planted into the industry on this, on the hip hop side, like they are on the electronic side? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, not to like the crazy, like conspiracy theorist crazy part. But yeah, I mean, I don't even think it's like an industry plant as much as it's like. They just they, they, it's just a cheat code, right? It's just like you're going to yeah. be you're going to be popping. Here you go. Yeah. Like, OK, you know I was what just mean? curious. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. OK, go, go back to your to talent agent management hat. Um, So. I just kind of would always do it for myself. And then I put that into like promoting shows and just, I have a business degree. So I was kind of just had like a business mind and try to figure out why, how does this all work? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For me to be the best that I want to be as an artist, I felt like I had to figure out all of it. So I didn't get fucked for one and two. So, so like, you know, I just, I, I could figure it out. And if my music wasn't hitting, I could always fall back and be like, yo, I could go run your fucking sound. I could go do whatever. Right. So that, that always motivated me and interested me. Um, and then that turned into me working with Riff and I started DJing for Riff and DJing on the Mac tours and doing this. And I would just help. Like I have ADHD, like a motherfucker. Like I, <laughs> I just, I'm always, I, I can't just sit there. So I would just smoke and just do shit and yeah. I would interact. And, and I'm good with people. Like I can just talk to people. So I, I, I can advance. I can go talk to the, you know, to the GM at the venue, or I can go talk to the promoter, or I could go talk to the production people or whatever. And <clears throat> Riff started his start, his situation started changing. So a lot of that fell on me. And at the time he was with Kara Lewis. He was with a big label. He was with, you know, things that at the time were were big and substantial and I was getting thrown into it I couldn't fuck it up right so like I had to learn quickly and I took all these things that I had learned over time and and kind of brought them together and just little by little um people just asked started asking me to to do more and more and then you know I, I fell into the earth gang thing um just because my friends believed in me and knew that I worked hard and knew that I had the experience um, and gave me a shot and you know it's just it, it just all kind of trickled down from hey I see you doing this I see you doing that and it's hey would you want to try this and and just kind of doing it and then someone else being like oh you need this hit Ryan and you know and, and it, that that's kind of how it's how it's been for for some years now so like no fucking OGs dude OGs. I mean just just getting tossed in and just people yeah I mean just people kind of just fucking with me and just giving me a shot and an opportunity and you know if I if I fail super bad then I guess they don't hit me back but no but 
it's, and it's, I, I, I've, honest, I've honestly, I've, I've always been super um, aware of trying to help people around me. Like I wouldn't be shit without people helping me in the past. Although I worked my ass off, I still definitely had some help here and there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, or the at least had an opportunity provided me. So I've always remembered the people that that were there for me, whether it be just random people that were below me that I just treated with respect and just like cared about because I was at that point too, you know? And those people now, fast forward five, 10 years, are fucking killing it and are, you know, running labels and doing all this other shit. And they're like, yo, I you fucking looked at, you know, you looked after me and now I'm gonna help you out. And that's kind of where it's been headed, more or less. And I, I was always You never afraid. know. You never know what people are gonna become. And that's why like when I kind of either like from personal experience have like bad, you know, altercations with someone or, or, you know, you, you hear something about them. It's just, it's, it's, it's never good to like burn that bridge unless it's really fucking burnt because you just never know what people are going to become. You never know, like who knows who I've been in so many like back green rooms where like somebody's been talking some like mad shit. And then you figure out that like the person sitting next to them is like their TM or like they're fucking somebody else. And, and, and it's just like, you just, it's, it's like talk in the room, like your fucking mom's listening and like, with your mom, what are you going to fucking say that shit? Hey, or you know what, I, what, what I do is I speak my mind. I don't give a fuck who's listening, but I'm definitely, um, I, 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 I I'm not going to be speaking about someone else unless they're present. You know what I mean? So that, that I'm definitely, there you go. Of. Yeah. Um, but you're definitely right. I see people put their foot in their mouth so much. And I'm just like, and it's ah. like, Oh no. Yeah. Like, I, I, hey, you know what? Me coming into this, this, this genre especially um and how i came in and how i'm doing things my back's already kind of up against the wall as and i know and i respect that everybody else is as well i just kind of feel a little chip sometimes so i'm very aware of how i kind of try to present myself because i don't want to come off like an asshole but i definitely do have that like motivation to to be the best that i can be and be but that's like your personal like goals and like your personal vision for yourself like you trying to better yourself isn't isn't you know tearing anyone else down I think it's more so just like a matter of time before people are like okay like he's made the switch like he's he's here he's here to stay he's making this kind of music like x y and z and like it'll be fine but I can't imagine it like making that switch and it just being like oh shit like yeah, this and is then a totally I- different industry I do like a lot of vocal stuff. So like my my last release that I pushed put out is like a heavy dubstep track. But before that, I did a track with Stylist called uh, Sun Goes Down. And it's featuring Ryan Haynes, who's me. Like I featured myself oh, on the track. Okay. And um, I've been doing that a lot. Like all my, my vocal stuff I've been doing under Ryan Haynes. And I've been doing a lot of dope. Like the first... It was really funny. So I, I put out the track with, with, with Mike, with Blunts, with Wiz. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, like a week later, uh, Harrison from Deadbeats hits up my manager and he's like, Hey, I also see that you manage Ryan Haynes. And we picked up a song on the gentleman's club album that has him featured vocally. And he's like, can we like figure that out? And he's like, yo, yeah, that's like, that's afterthought. And he was like, what the fuck? So uh, <laughs> and they, they had like no idea. And they signed the record and they didn't, they, they didn't know it was like the same person. Yeah. So, um, it's really funny just to, to, to be able to do that too. Um, so I've just been like, fuck it, all of the stuff that I want to make. And I've been kind of like, you know, implementing them into, into each other. Um, 
but it's been really cool. Like, I, I just, I don't know. It's just That's fun. super sick. So do you rap or do you sing or do you do uh, both? Like, or? I sing. Sing. You sing, okay, not, okay. Um, I do, and do you engineer your own or are you sending yeah, them you, off? Okay. Um, yes and no. So like, yes and no. Um, I work with a dude named Garrett Hunter and a dude named Kyle goes by Cali. Um, I work with them a lot, like pretty much exclusively. Um, okay. They'll usually mix and like and or master um, or I send it to like Big Germ, sometimes the E depending on what it is. Um, but they're usually the ones doing it. Um on that end but sometimes i'll record myself it's just easier for me because they're way they're like fucking boss ass engineers and mm-hmm. they just it's just so easy right it's just like man they know everything that they, they all the presets and shit that i would fumble around trying to fuck with they're like oh, i already know like it's it's i already know what you want like it's it's here so um you know i just feel more comfortable being able to do that and not having to stop all the time um mm-hmm. so it's been cool but yeah i, I don't even give a fuck anymore I, I'm just going to make music that I love to make and yeah. I don't really care what genre it's in. <laughs> I wish more people had that. I think they just, sometimes it's like, it's not even like an aspect of like being like quote unquote, like bullied. It's just people just they don't, even, I don't know. It's like, even though they, they, it's getting better. People just like want you to stay in a box and like, I get it. Yeah. Like people have like art is like biased and opinionated and people have their favorite styles and it's, hard sometimes when an artist establishes themselves to try and have their demographic accept such a massive change but yep. I don't know I, why I don't can't know you if- have both though why can't yeah. you have some people that hate some of your like okay let, let's 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 put it in perspective like and I'll just use this because it's such an easy ass example and because it's easy to see like Eminem right I, I personally think all of his new music for the past fucking 10 or 15 years has been like trash right so but before that I thought a lot of it was fire right so it's like if you're gonna think that an artist's music some of it's super fire and some of it's super trash anyway then like who the fuck cares if they're doing other music as well right so it's like some of that's good and and then they have a whole nother fan base who thinks that part of their music is good part of it isn't then I'd rather have that you know four eighths than that two fourths or whatever it is and oh, definitely just you know make it work but I, I think a lot of people are just first of all I think a lot of people are afraid to do it yes. um and, and yes. they're just they don't want to admit that I think that other people just don't have the drive or the or I don't want to say lack of ability I think anybody can do anything but they just they don't have it in them to to reveal that the talents or you know stuff that's needed to to want to make what they want to make um or it's their bread and butter, right? And and they don't, and I think at the root of people, people don't really want to always see people win. And as fucked up as that is, it's just, it is what it is. No, so that's you- the truth of it. It's really unfortunate. It's, it's more so that there's a lot of just like, I get it. Like we exist in an industry where we're being compared to everyone that fits in our box. I get that. But it's, it's, it becomes exactly what you said at the beginning of our conversation, that bitterness of like, why you? Why not me? I've worked my ass to get here. Why have you been given this opportunity? And but at the same time, like you don't know what the fuck I did to get here either. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like so. At the same time, like I'm not going to sympathize for you being a hater to me because you don't know what the fuck I've done either and what mm-hmm. it took for me to be here. And well, you've propelled yourself on your own lane. Like you exist in this field where there are very few people who are doing what you've done, and that's what 
I think a lot of people not so much lack, but it takes them a minute to understand that, that if you do what you want to do and you put those like blinders on and like that tunnel vision on, you will eventually end yourself on a platform that is in your own lane where you're not having to deal with all of these people that are doing the same shit as you. And then it doesn't matter. And like, that was something that like, I like, I've definitely had my fucking shitty moments where I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like I'm looking at data. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at that. But at the end of the day, it's like, just stop worrying about it and like, keep doing your thing. Just keep doing it. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. Cause at the end of the day, like there are so many people who don't make it, but like, those are usually self-caused reasons. And like, in my opinion, and it's like, you just have to like, keep going. Cause like the only one who's going to like call it quits is you at the end of the day. Like you're the only one who's going to like throw in that towel. I don't know. No, I mean, you're hundred percent right. It's, it's, yeah, it's you at the end of the day, but there's definitely, you know, there's definitely pressures from, from a lot of outside of that. And, and if, if people within your peers around you don't necessarily fuck with you, it definitely makes it more difficult or at least throws you off a bit. So, you know, that's, that's always there, but that, I think that's with anything. And you just kind of have to just like, like buck up and just do it and, and Mm -hmm. just say, fuck them. But it definitely, you know, it, it, it's easier said than done. And I think that that's where like the, you know, mental health and stuff like that is really important just because so you, important. we're all in our heads, right? We're always going to be in our heads, especially creatives. Like, fuck, we're fucked regardless. So, like, we're it, alone so much <laughs> of the time too. So yeah. it's like when you're alone, it's like, I'll just like look at my boyfriend sometimes and he probably thinks I'm like a psycho and he's just, I'm just like, my voice like won't stop talking to me in my head. It's always like, okay, like, what are you doing now? Try and live in the moment, but think about what's next and think about oh, what you yeah, got to get down this week. <laughs> I have a five-year-old son and he's like, sometimes he'll like, he'll literally he'll be like, you what, what, like, I'll just be like, same shit, just so much running through my head, trying to just, just trying to just enjoy the moment. But I'm like, and I do, I, I, I make sure I do, but like, mom, it's always constantly running and I, he'll be like, yo, what's like, what are you doing, bro? I was like staring <laughs> off. I'm like, oh, my, 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 like, my, oh man. Phone, like, oh, I got to get this out for this deadline and this and that. And I'm like, fuck, like, I'm still doing this for everybody else. Like, I'm not, it, it's just so, it's just that balance to try to maintain is, is is definitely super difficult. And it makes it way more difficult when there's other people trying to, like, fucking poke you while you're doing oh, it. You know? so, yeah. It's oh, like, my God. Like, I can't imagine the shit that you've gone through in your transition. I, like, feel like I go through shit and I've been in this for, like, a fucking, not a long time, but like a minute enough to where like people poke and shit. Like, has it just, have you come into kind of like situations where it's just been like nasty here, just like this fucking stuff? Yeah, especially, and it's been getting better because I've just been like, I've been willing my way through it. Like, it's like, they're been like, damn, this dude does have a track with Bunce and Wiz on debuts, huh? Like, you know what I mean? Just like little, little shit where they're just like, fuck, okay. Maybe it was, and the next one comes out and they're like, all right, well, maybe he won't be at the next festival and I'll just be there. And it's like, all right, like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna at least try. You're not gonna like, you're not gonna like bully me out of it. That's for fucking damn sure. Right. So, so, so that's the very least, but yeah, I mean, it's been really pleasant with a lot of people. Like, I mean, you're obviously awesome and I've met so many, so many dope, dope people. The Florida, the Florida homies are really close. Oh, the Florida homies really are like, nice. yeah. the Florida and the Philly homies are like, yeah, like they're yeah. like close to my heart. Right. Yes. So that right off the bat, that's been super dope. And then all of the people with like ABs and I'm on all of those artists like have been. ABs cool. wonderful. 
uh, all the Wakan dudes, all the dead. Like, there's been a lot of cool shit, but then there's been a lot of other people that, not a lot, but there's been selects that kind of definitely shaded me or ignored me or just kind of like blew me off or talked shit about me or whatever. And it's just like, yo, I'll just, it's cool. I'm not going to let it affect me too much because I'm just going to like, right. It's, you're not, you're not really. Cause then they get, they get what they want. And that's like, I'm not, I'm not going to stop because you're talking shit. And and it's just, you know, if you want to make it a little bit more difficult, it's just going to be a little bit more sweeter for me. Um, but to I achieve also, it, yeah. Oh, definitely. It's also like you said the the industry plant thing, and like I don't think it's the same kind of thing, but it's similar in the fact that people look at me kind of like, oh, is he? Just, oh, you're just doing this. Or you you just want to get in this lane now, and and blah blah blah. It's like no, but you've put the work in. Like I'm talking about people. Like you've like you're like the epitome. Like you're exactly what I want to do with pop music. Like I want to exist in this realm until I get to a certain level with the live show. And then like, I already like have like a publisher doing certain things where like we push that music out in that direction. And like, that's really like the alt pop lane is what I want to do by like the time I'm in my late twenties and I like my early fucking thirties. And it's just like, you've, put your time in like that's where my that's where my head stands where it's like I don't care what you're doing now but like what have you done in the past to like hone your craft and put your time in to get where you're at because I think once you've done a certain amount of things it's like bro like you deserve the world like fucking take it like run with it because like you had those connections to get you into this industry that's predominantly smaller hugely smaller than hip-hop and rap and like You'll just know people like people, those things overcross, especially along the lines of like back end industry workers, like managers and agents and all that shit. Managers, promoters. Very different than when you're a fucking roommate or somebody who's never opened a DAW in their life and then they're on a fucking touring circuit. Very different conversation. I mean, and I I definitely see that a lot on this side that happens. I mean, it happens on all sides, but it definitely Mm -hmm. happens over here a lot more. Um, but yeah, fuck that. I'm in the studio 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. every day. I go get my son after fucking after I leave the studio, and then I'll probably be back that night. Like I I I I I go to all the festivals, even though I'm not on them, just to go support and show my face and be like, yo, I'm here. Like, and I I I, I want to collab with everybody that I fuck with. I want to. We definitely need to get one. For yes, please, <laughs> please, please. That's that's the back end of of my question too. Is that. I've I've gotten to a point where where I've talked to a lot of different people and they have a lot of different opinions on like the back end of like showing face and networking. And has that, do you believe, like opened a huge amount of doors for you in the beginning of your time by like showing face? Or was it more so what you were doing like in the studio? Because some people are like, okay, like you just need to grind and work. And then like, once you've done that, go and show your face. And then I've met other people that they're like, I've met my managers and my agents and like all these people I've collaborated with hanging out at a festival. And yeah, um, it definitely wasn't because of what I was doing. That's for sure. It was, yeah. it was a lot. It, 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 I mean, everything that I've done all together collectively on any front in music has more or less been based off of networking and more of a personal relationship it might have started you know as a personal relationship or a business relationship that that, you know either way intersected somehow Mm -hmm. um but I definitely think a lot of doors have been opened just by going to show face and supporting and you you, I mean you know the vibes you go to like a a festival and stuff and everybody's just it's just like it's it's the crew you know you just kind of like 
everybody just goes and does their thing. You run into people and, and you're able to kind of interact. And even though it's a festival or it's a show or whatever, you're still at least able to interact with the person and it's not online. It's like, because a lot of times too. I suck at that though. I suck at that so bad. I will literally be the person like in the corner and I'm like. Well, no, but so will I. And then that's why I like, I'll have like a beer too. And I'll be like, yeah, let's go. I'm the same. I'm so like, I'm just like, fuck. Like, I don't want to be too, you know, I I don't want to be too into it and too like crazy about it. But at the same time, like, yeah, I want to be involved in the community that I'm in. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't really care. Regardless, I just want to, I just want to meet people and, and, and show that, Hey, I am here because there's so many people that ask me what, you know, what I'm trying to do here, you know? So it's like, I'm going to at least live up to what I'm supposed to and, and, and go by my word. But at the same time, um, just vibes, just experiences. I think a lot of, a lot of relationships build off of experience and, and, you know, if you're able to build cool, memorable experiences with people that always helps. Um, but then there's, a t- I'm not even going to front. I mean, there's a ton of people that I've met that I was like, fuck, like, I wish that I didn't meet you. Cause now I just don't, I just don't fucking like you. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's what you were saying. Like the online to in real life kind yep. of like experience. Yeah, like, oh, oh yeah. I yeah. should have followed you bro. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've talked to people too. And it's, and I know you mean this in a different like connotation, but it's like, it, it really sucks when you meet someone who like you really look up to and you're like, damn, like you're one of the reasons why I do this. And then you meet them and they're like a total fucking dick. And you're oh, like, no, oh, that's, I, I totally yeah, mean great. it in that conversation. Okay, okay, like okay, 100%, okay. like fuck them. Yeah, I've met uh, some people who look up to and I'm just like, I could have just fucking just not met you and I still would have been a fan of you and now I just like think you're a fucking horrible person so yeah yeah <laughs> and, and there's a lot of you know it's like I always say like for as many people as many awesome people I meet there's also like as many just like people who I could care less if I ever say one word to you in my life again like that's yeah. oh, that's, that's like there's... where I just sit but there's... it's like it's like that in any field. If you were in corporate America, you'd say the same fucking thing. You know, like it's it's just it's just the lane that we've gone in. Just the lane that we've gone got decided to to go down is just a very yeah, superficial lane. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's guarded. Nobody wants to like like I'll I'll give the shirt off my back for my friends and my family. Like I'll do anything for them. And I'll, yeah, I'll, even for people that I don't know that well. Like I'll always try to help. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know sometimes that's taken and looked at people don't, aren't used to that type of shit and yeah. they're like oh what are you trying to get out they're taken back by like, it they think that like, you're literally trying to manipulate them like like yeah. this dude did this to me a couple of weeks ago I, I was like i i genuinely i like your style like i like your music i would love to collab he's like he's like what what shows are you playing what's this and that and i was like and i like looked at it and he's like why would i why would i want to do that blah, blah blah and i looked at his shit and I just and this is really fucking superficial to begin with but then i like yeah. just looked i just looked on his spotify and he had like five thousand monthly listeners or something and i'm like yeah what? you're just like what the fuck like, what dude the fuck? like i don't know so i was like oh damn now I, like i like your music and i don't fuck with you and you made me feel like a piece of shit and but you're not popping at all like yeah <laughs> so i'm just like and like maybe in your you're little fucking in your, your little thing like you're popping but it's like bro in the grand scheme of things like okay cool you have like twenty thousand followers and you'll put 100 people 200 people on a show and you'll get to play on the middle line of a, of a festival like that's cool but you're still broke and fuck you 
<laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's Liter- literally, like, yeah. And, and I feel so shitty thinking that way, but that's also the power of having other like residual incomes and, and, and branching out in music and not always being that douchebag artist that's like living or dying by this like sword that you have. It to makes be you on. resentful. It makes yeah, you like very exactly. like on top of like just everything like every decision you make you're just like oh my god like because I've been in, I've been in that position I'm like yep. like pre-COVID I was in that position I was just like fuck dude I was like like you got to be smart with this you got to be smart with that and you still have to but it's like if you believe in somebody and you fuck with somebody like just do it and that's where like the boundaries I wish were broken more where there are just so many incredibly talented producers that like may not have the social media presence. They may not have the branding. They may not have the team, but they had this like incredible skill set. And I'm starting to see it more, but it's like when you can just break down those walls and it's like, Hey man, like I fuck with you. Your art is great. Like, let's do something like they need to be like, not like, Oh, like what's going on? Like, this isn't right. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, like you know, Mikey plasma, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like Mikey's the man, and I sent. I was having. I, I I was doing a song, and he was here with with Mike with one. Okay, yep. They did something like outside of Pittsburgh, and we all chilled. I brought him back to the studio, and we we're like playing tracks. And he was like, "Yo, I have some ideas like for the mixing of this." It was fire. So fast forward, I sent it to him. Fucking crushed it. Thought it was super dope. Like I I loved it. I was like, "This is awesome." Little things that I I wouldn't have thought of, right? And kind of built a relationship. And then I was able to have a headline show here. And the first person that they were like, who do you want to to support? And I was like, fucking get him Mikey. on the show, right? Like yes. get Mikey on the show. Like, and not on some like, put him under me, disrespect weird shit, but like, yo, like the homie helped me out. Like, this is something that I can do back to help him. And I didn't even know him all that well, but like, that's the shit that I'm on, right? Like- He's such I, a good guy though. Yeah, but there's I, so many people like him that just get overlooked. So many. And, it's and, like, and, and, and there's so many people like him that I see with big ass people around them that, or, or that they have access to that they don't get the looks from. And whatever the reason may be, I don't fucking know, but mm-hmm. you know, wh- wh- whatever it is, it's like, you need to always, and, and not just with, I'm not him specifically, just in general. I see a lot of people that are part of certain situations that could be, Tons. it could be way bigger. And it's like, Oh, yeah. we're just focusing on that. And that's, uh, it's not a good mentality because if you look at like a corporate business and a really successful business, their, their, their teams and their employees are all like fucking top of the line. Right. Like you have, you have the G's like, in your squad and everybody's everybody's hitting plays and everybody's winning those are always the companies you know you look at like stocks and shit it's diversified right yes like you're popping in all these different ways you're not just like focused on one little thing because you're never going to be able to grow from that and eventually that runs out yes you have to have the you have to have the squad that you're bringing up and like helping and i think that I, i see it happening more and more because of what you said earlier with the internet and all that shit it's like making it way easier and people are getting more information on it but yeah, that happened faster. Twitter is an ugly place. The internet is beautiful. That's 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 my that's my statement. I just I it's it's yeah. You just see a lot of these people don't like the general consumer just doesn't understand. Like no matter what genre you're looking at, there is such a massive team behind an individual entity that steps on stage. Like whether that's the fucking VJ, oh. that the artist manager, the talent, the mix and master engineer, and it's like. That that's what I that's what I saw when I first got in this industry was that like I would look at the artists and I'd be like, 
they're really talented and they're like great at what they do. And they like hold an important part in like the, the unit of the team. But I would like look at the other artists around them. And I'm just like, these kids like have no traction and they're fucking geniuses. They're brilliant. And it's just, it's, it's in my mind too. And it's like, I hope I can get to a position where, you know, you're at already, but it's like, I know you would even want to strive for that further where like I can, open the doors to people who like deserve to have those spots because sometimes people just don't understand when they're in the moment. It's like when you're in love with somebody who's really bad for you. It's like, you, you don't, yeah, yeah. yeah, You don't see it because you're like, you're getting like fed these good things. Maybe you're getting a good payout, but like from an outer point of view, it's like you're being taken advantage of. And like, if you could just see it, you could be so much like, you could be at a position that you want to be at, but it's hard. But that's all part of the journey too. It's just sad when you see people who they, like when you see artists that are aspiring producers, whatever, whatever part they play in the industry and they're really talented and they think the people around them care for them and they're really just getting taken. And you know that they don't, yeah. Yeah, and you know that they don't. I've seen it so much too. I can't imagine. I can't and, imagine and hip hop. I feel like it gets nasty. Oh, it's just like, it's just, I mean, just in general, no matter what it is, just, it, it is what it is. And people, you know, people let you down and it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's their life. But I, I take that and I really, really, really try not to be like that just mm-hmm. based off of that. And that's, that's what I can do. You know what I mean? That's, that's the part that I can play. And, but you're right though. Like you kind of have to get to a point where you can, you, you can't help other people unless you help yourself too. So yes. you have to, you, you have to focus on, on making sure that you're, you're doing it, but don't be afraid to help other people. Cause yeah. fuck, man, like you never know where they're going to go, what they're going to do. Never know. And, and, and even beyond that, not at, even advantageously, like just be a good person. You, you, you know what I mean? Like you wanted other people to help you. We all want people to to like us. We all want people to help us. We want people to support us. Right. Like we wouldn't be doing it if not. And we can say that we don't all day, but there is definitely a small piece at least. And it's like, if that's living inside of you, you have to, you have to put that out or you're just being fake as fuck. And yeah, I don't like that shit. So. No, yeah. <laughs> I feel that a hundred percent, but it, it's always been cool. Like, in Florida, like kind of coming up in Florida, everyone's like distant, but they're, I, I'm not like in with like all the newer artists, but like the people who I kind of came up around, everybody's like kind of spread out, but we're all like really pretty close. And it's yeah. cool to have a community like that. Cause I've been to like other places where the community is not like that. And, yeah. and, and it's cool. And it's like everyone from like Michael Bunce Mons to kind fucking plasma, like everyone just kind of all squads together. And, and like Mikey plasma is the first person I'll send an idea to when it's at like 40% and he'll go, yeah, this is promise. Or he'll be like, this is a pile of dog shit. Just like throw it out. <laughs> we send like, each other shit all the time too. Yeah. Right? Show, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I know that. he'll always listen to it right away. Like even if it's on the phone and he'll be like, all right, I can like fuck with this. Or he'll be like, change this, do this. And that's why it's so important. And it's like, you come from like hip hop where there's like 40 people in the fucking room and everyone's like working and bouncing ideas off of each other. But then in like this genre, you may have like, two but you're really supposed to be alone in the room doing it and and like the best art just like comes from collaboration and I just hope 
that I don't know if it'll ever grow in this industry because it's different. Cause you're not like, you're an artist and you're a producer, but it's like, you're the producer. You're not like the rapper or this. So what that gives you kind of like the, the epitome of having that team behind you. Cause you know, the hip hop artist like necessarily isn't making the beats. So you're going right. to have that team where like with us and like in bass music, it's like, it's you like, yeah. it is. <laughs> but I still feel like when you, when I collaborate or when I send my stuff to like somebody and they're like, Hey, like you need to replace your kick. Like you need to make this a little bit like more saturated. Da, 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 da. Like that helps me so much. So sometimes I just wish it would be more like, open and accepted to like have four or five credits on a track because like those would be just insane that's that's like everybody's like hey you should get some tunes under your belt blah blah and i'm working on them like i have tons of music but i love the i love the idea of collaboration like and and i've ran into a couple people so far that are like really like into changing stuff and it's like hey man like this isn't going on the billboard 200 like Let's just make something that's fun and we're happy with. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't need to be this serious. But yeah. I, I also like the passion. So it's like I I, I respect it too. So I'm like, yeah, let's like get this fucking super tuned in. Um, but I'm also just like, there's more music to be made. Like, let's just make dope shit and make sure it's good. But mm-hmm. don't, it's not like live or die by it. Um, and just kind of have some fun. But yeah, like <laughs> collaborating is like the coolest shit ever because I'll, I'll like 800,000 fucking whips that I'll get like 75% done and I'm like I hit a ceiling like I, I literally can either collaborate with someone and bring some life into it or just leave it on my hard drive and I'd much rather try to bring it to life and work with people and it's cool like yeah like, everyone's I mean, gonna see it differently like everyone will look at a track and like hear different things or say like I have this idea and I just recently like I've always been used to doing collabs where like they send it to me I send it back to them. They send it to me. And recently we've been doing it where like the person's come over or we've done a Zoom session. And I'm like, fuck, like, why am I not doing this? Like, this is 10 times better than like you sending me some left field thing, me taking out half of what you did, replacing it, you not liking it, and then doing the same thing. And that's why collab takes like six fucking months. So it's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I, I like getting them sometimes because I'm like, all right, this is dope. This is already done. Like I, this, you know, this part's already taken care of. So I don't yeah. even have to worry about that. Let's just make this part fucking dope and like mm-hmm. worry about that. So I, I like that, but there's definitely no um, other feeling. Like I just did uh, two tracks with a hundred drums and she flew out. Oh, flew I out cannot wait to meet her. I want to meet her soon. Cause I just, I just discovered her stuff and like, she seems so dope. She's fucking awesome. She's super duper cool. Like she literally, she did a show in Portland and then flew out to Pittsburgh for like three or four days, came, you know, like went stayed at a hotel and like just came to the studio every day. We just like collabed and worked in the studio every day on these jams and just kind of had a blast and had a good time. And they came out dope. Like it was really fucking awesome to do it that way. Um, I'm used to that though. So you know, it was cool. And she was like, Hey, this is the first time I've been in like a proper studio and working like this. And just, and, and it's just cool because it is like that, especially in electronics, just back and forth, back and forth. There's no feeling or soul really between. No, you know, I don't leave a- my room. Like this is it. Like this is it. Yeah, exactly. And it's not an experience. Like we talk about like experience to build a relationship. Like you vibe like or you don't you know what I mean or you're yeah, like yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah yeah 
I've been so, in those situations too, where you're like, okay, nothing's going to get done here. This is not, especially working with like vocal features. Like I'm just, I'm someone where we like in EDM, I don't know how it is being like a guy vocalist. So I wonder if it it's the same on your end, but from my end, like a lot of times, like either the producer doesn't know how to work with like raw vocals or they're expecting something that's like incredibly like cookie cutter, like your traditional EDM pop vocal. And eh, it's like, that's just like not the type of voice that like I have. And that's why I've put it on all of my tracks because it is like unique and different, but it's, it's sometimes it's just like, Hey, like this is not like a splice vocal. Like this is. Yeah, exactly. Like I need to send you. I'm going to send you after this. I just need to send you that, that track I do with stylist. And yes, I, I just like, I, I just, yeah, it, it was, that's exactly what it was. It's like, I don't want this. Like I couldn't find anything that I, I had other people do it. I don't like this shit. Like I need to, I just need to do it myself. And, and I think that even me <laughs> engineering and recording myself, I was like, I don't know if this is like, it's not, it's not quite, you know, this you know, poppy, like EDM style track, it, it, like the, these type of vocals normally wouldn't be on it. Um, but like, who the fuck is telling us that like what the normal, ch- you know what I mean? Like, and that's, I'm like, fuck, I need to get out of that mentality or it's just going to continue that way. So yes. um, yeah, live outside that box. Fuck that box. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and I think there's more people again, like as this just evolves, like you're going to get more people pushing that boundary. Like you get it already, but I'm starting to see like some of those boundary pushers kind of reach that touring circuit and reach that mainstream spot. And I'm like, okay, this is fucking dope because it's just promising for the future of oh, yeah. people getting like put on who like push those boundaries or seeing them get picked up by like UTA or AB or Corson. You're like, okay, like if these people are getting recognized, then like that is a good sign because as much as we want to push it forward, like it matters what the consumer wants to see, number yep. one, and what the agents and management think is like next. And half the time they're just fucking pulling from the sky. They don't fucking know. Like that's that's you know? the sad part too, though, is that there is there is definitely a kind of a uh you know, a, a bridge there where there, there is gatekeeping because the agent can put you on a fucking festival or a tour real quick because they have the leverage from the other big guy that they have. And so that definitely, definitely sucks when you're coming up and you don't have that right away. But I guess that's just kind of how it is right now. And you have to kind yeah. of maneuver that regardless. But it's definitely getting better to where you can definitely make sure you're being like it. it they can't deny you, you know, with the internet. It's, it's they- not hard to get somebody's email. It's not hard to get somebody like, like, will most people look at it? No, but somebody may. Like, there's just so many things that you can do now. It's like getting the blog coverage, is sending it to Excision, sending it to Riot 10, you know, sending it to your fellow producers, sending it to a label, getting it put. There's so many indie boutique EDM labels yeah. now that will take some forward thinking fucking crazy ass shit because they want to be you know, that person that's like, hey, like we release this, like we groundbreak to this. Like some some guy named um an artist named Phonon put out like a like a seven, eight or a yeah, it was like a seven, eight time dubstep track. And like it was released on, yeah, crazy. Um, it was released on like a very small label at the time. And then like now that label's popping because they did some shit that like no one would ever put their hands on, you know? And now he's on deadbeats and now he's on Dimmock and, and, and it's just like, you never know. And that's what's so cool though, is because like, 
if you want to start a label, you can fucking start a label today. Like, like yeah. it's going to be a lot of work, but like yeah. you can do it, you can do it. And it's just, it's just seeing kind of like how our industry is growing and where it's going. But I think it's going in like a good place, but there's just so many ways because of the internet to get yourself heard. And like, even like TikTok now, my management's like, if I can go viral on TikTok, you can go viral on TikTok. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, oh, like, can you make them for me? Yeah, <laughs> literally. That shit, I literally will sit here and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, okay, you need to finish this for a client. You need to finish mixing this down. You need to edit your podcast for the week. But, oh, put you gotta make that TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Makes and me cringe. Like, or you gotta go live. You gotta do this. Like, oh, I'm like, for the 40 people to watch it? Come on. Like, it's like, it's like you know, so it's like, little by little, I'm starting to to just accept it. But yeah, it's such a fucking pain in the ass. And It I, sucks because it's your job. It's like part of the job, you know? Yeah. And that's the, the part of the job that's not necessarily even paying you. So there's no like tangible like thing, you know? <laughs> so you're not like, oh yeah, I put that 40 in this week and I'm getting this paycheck. It's like, nah, I might not ever see, actually see anything from this, but- It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just been cool to to be able to to watch- like even since I've started getting into it, like when I started talking to people about what I wanted to do, like with the hip hop stuff, with doing vocals, with working with multiple labels, blah, blah, blah. It was very shut off. They're like, if you don't make look shit, you're not getting on Wakan. If you don't make fucking, you know, smoky, cool, like Rezzy's, like Zed's dead stuff, you're not getting on Deadbeats. If you don't make, you know, whatever, you're not getting on Dimac. You're not, you know what I mean? Like there's, different things and i've been on all these labels now and i'm like you guys fucking said and now i'm seeing that's not true it's not true for the past two years i've just been seeing a lot of overlap and 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 it might not have been that way necessarily from what i saw before that like two three years it's it's changed drastically because there'd be like okay this artist is a wakan artist he makes wakan music right and it's like that's such a weird fucking thing to do to yourself, let alone someone else to do that to you. And it's like, damn, I, like if that's what you aspire to be and that's all you want to do, awesome. But I don't think that a lot of people come into it like, oh, they, like they have labels that they aspire to be on, but they're not, oh, that's what he is. Like that's, you know, that label defines their sound. And it's like, I, I don't want to be like that. So no, 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 no. Other no, people no. being able to transition has been motivational as well. I think it's, it's, it's a little different too, though, because you like have a platform that you exist, existed on previously coming into this industry. And that gains a lot of respect from like industry heads is because like you have this following that, you know, they may not dig exactly what you're doing, but they're going to pay attention to it. And it's like, when they can see that like long-term, like, beneficial point of like okay this kid's not going from like bedroom producer to a con bedroom producer to deadbeats like a lot of times I've noticed like if they're a really new guy like they gotta fit that little mold but then they can change I'm not saying that like down the line they can't change x y and z but it's cool because it's like you came from this other genre and you brought people with you and it's like even though you may say like the majority (laughs) of your fan base which I'm sure is true is like what the fuck are you doing? There's some people who overlap exactly with Blunts and Blondes. Like Blunts and Blondes has gone on to like doing a bunch of hip hop shit. So is Plasma. So like, yep. is everyone in EDM about that? No, I can tell you that right now. But 
there's a lot of people that it overlaps and it's that Venn diagram of existence of the demographics where like my boyfriend can sit down and, and listen to Deadmau and Childish Gambino and Grimes and Billie Eilish all in 10 minutes, yep. you know? Yes. So it's like, there are those people who exist where it's like, I just want to hear good music. And, yeah, I, and- I, I, I could tell I like them because that's the same shit I do. I literally yeah, yeah. I can listen to it. I have so much shit to that. If you I like Spotify, like oh, thing yeah. for you is so drastically ridiculous. <laughs> like like I'll literally be driving and like my homie will be like, you what are you listening to? Go into a different song. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, hey man, you know. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's just what it is. But it's so, it's important too, where like, I was in this phase for a long time where I was just listening to EDM. And then I was just like, okay, like you need to study like, like other, other albums. And it's like, now I'm in a phase where it's like, for like instance, the, the Donda, Kanye West or Billie Eilish's new album, I learned so much from listening to those because yeah. it's a totally different like entity in which it exists. Have you listened to Donda? Yeah, I've had. What, so are you, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, so <laughs> I've had. I, see, that's the other thing. I mean, all these group messages with like all these industry people. So I get past a lot of like the, the links as they're coming out. So I've been kind of picking up, like I've been listening to it as it's progressed mm-hmm. and I'm just not a fan. I don't know. I, I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm not really a Kanye fan to begin with. Like I, I liked, um, I liked a lot of his older stuff and I fucked with him musically, but I just don't really fuck with him as a person. And yeah. so that kind of makes me biased, but like, I just, that's not what I listen to. Like, I, I don't want to listen to a full on gospel album from some fucking psycho. It's just not really. Yeah. Like my thing. yeah. <laughs> so, really, so. No, that's where I sit. I'm like a big person where, I love like the beats. Like I love the production where it's like, I listen to the album and I like listen to certain singles and I'm like, the production on this album is fire. It's the same thing I do with like Vince Staples currency. Like I'll listen to their production and I'm like, this is like prime, but it's like knowing who made those beats. And then you go and you follow them instead of following the person who's like writing the lyrics or whatever on top of it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I wasn't, I I don't want to like, again, I don't want to shit on anybody's music. No, no, no. It's it's all opinion based. I've heard all across the line. People love it. People hate it. It wasn't for me. Um, I think Drake's album will be much more. (laughs) If we're we're, we're doing the fighting. Yeah, we're doing (laughs) <laughs> I fucking oh saw eyes. that shit and I was like I was I I'm like not really like in that whole like whelm but I would see it from a distance whatever and I was like damn some shit is actually going down right now like they're doing <laughs> some crazy marketing shit I was like done but no it's 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 cool it's just I think it's important to just like have like a broad mind and just like listen to a lot of stuff if you're you know if you're a producer if you're an artist because you just never know what you're gonna like draw inspiration from and I don't know I'll say I'm like I go through like Netflix binges where I'll like make myself not touch Netflix for like six months. And then I'll be like, okay, now you can like catch up on your shows and I'll like watch a show and I'll like sound design or watch a show and I'll like do something that's like on that line. And I'm like, okay, I've successfully learned how to watch Netflix and produce sound. Don't know about (laughs) that, but here we are. There we go. But it's just, it's, it's cool how you can, draw so many like lines of inspiration from just like anywhere like experiences you know shows music whatever yeah i mean um, even like the mac album watching movies with the sound off that's literally uh, just having movies on while making an album <laughs> like literally literally like that and that i mean i loved like 
Blue Side Park and like his his like earlier shit, like even before that. But that was probably my favorite album. That was my favorite album. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like thinking like thinking back about it, like that's probably my favorite. Yeah, album. that was definitely definitely my favorite album for sure. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. and I but I really like I really like swimming, I really like circles, like the new stuff. Um mm-hmm. I have a bunch of stuff that I just have on my my like cloud that is on release that I listen to that's uh, just way off the wall, way different that I love. Yeah. That was definitely my favorite album. That's amazing. That's fucking so dope to like have just experiences like that that you get to take with you forever, you know? Um, before we go, um, I just wanted to ask you like for, you know, someone with all of your experience in your like position, is there some conclusive pieces of advice that you may give to somebody who's a little like lost, like a little lost in what they want to do. They know the trajectory, but they don't like know how to get there because I think you're someone who has battled those hills over and over and over and over again. Uh, so you, you know, I know that's a really hard, like open-ended question, but if you could just give them one piece of advice. No, I mean, it is, but it isn't. I, I think at the end of the day, first of all, we all are lost. Like, it doesn't matter how much we think we have our shit together. At the end of the day, we're all kind of lost and we all doubt ourselves constantly. Um, And if you don't, then you're on a whole nother level because I don't know anybody that doesn't. So, um, you know, don't, don't, don't give up too quick. You know, I think that that's, that's the biggest thing. And it's all cliche shit, but just work super hard, figure out what you want to do, figure out, you know, like you were talking about earlier, which is really important. Like you can always find someone's email. You can always find, you know, you can always find an in somehow, whether it be big or small, like you can figure out a way to at least be around it. Right. And then you can kind of see the landscape. And then like people ask me all the time, where can I send my music? Where can I do this? How can I get an agent? How can I get a manager? Well, like find your favorite producer that you like, that that's like your idol or that you look up to or admire right and then find out who their agent is you know what I mean or find out who their manager is and and find out where they're releasing music and what blogs pick them up and start to piece that together um it's not going to be easy but you just can't give up you just need to like grind it out and if you're very vocal about it and you're 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 just there and you're you you know and you're just like keep doing it and keep working something's going to happen and you're either going to find yourself in the lane that you want to, or like you said earlier too, you're going to just be in your own lane. And that's cool too. Fuck it. Um, I, I just see too many people just give up too quickly and kind of go after the wrong things. So just, you know, remember what you're doing it for and remember why you're trying to do it and don't get caught up in the bullshit and you'll be way better off. So that's kind of my, uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I greatly appreciate your time today. That's a perfect kind of note to end off on. Um, everyone, please go check out DJ Afterthought, new music, not only from like past working with huge hip hop rap artists, as well as like new stuff. And then you just dropped the single with, with Wiz and Blunts like six months ago, seven months ago on Deadbeats. And then you got some stuff on Wakan and, and is there anything else new coming up that you can kind of tease? Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll throw out real quick. So, um, the next three releases are for the Afterthought Project are, um, September 7th. I have a track with Wi-Fi's Funeral and Hydraulics, um, like part two, uh, on his album coming out on Wakan. It's going to be a Uh, massive album. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. It's such a good album. Yeah. Uh, 
and, uh, and shout out to hydraulics he's damien's the man he's so fucking talented um yeah he's the man um september 17th uh me riot 10 and young buck have that molly track coming out on denmark that should be we're like i'm super duper. that's the that's the he's been he's been like it, it's just i'm sorry to interrupt you it's just Very like good. when i heard that it's like that's like thinking out of the box it's like people like don't draw samples like that and throw it into music like this and then go like full book with like erosion bases and like all that <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. so when i heard that i was like damn and then i found out i didn't know you were part of that track until i saw you do it at lollapalooza and then yeah, i was yeah. like oh shit okay. <laughs> yeah. that is gonna be a huge single for you personally yeah, yeah. i I'm, I'm super duper excited about that and the label was like super excited about it chris riot tends super excited about it so it makes me really excited excited um and then i follow up on october 22nd and we haven't like said anything about it yet but um me and mike me and blunts have a track coming out on deadbeats on october 22nd too so Fuck yeah. that and then all the way until may we have i have at least one release every month so amazing that's so exciting well thank you so much ryan everybody go check them out i greatly appreciate your time i'm gonna stop recording Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the XO Podcast. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that are return listeners and viewers. It means the world to me. And do not forget to check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane for a first opportunity to hear these podcasts ad-free. Give us some input who you want to see on the podcast. Ask questions, one-on-one lessons group lessons, live streams, and so much more. This is Lizzie Jane, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the EXO Podcast.